Did you see an unusual vehicle as you walked in this morning out in the parking lot? CPC, a mobile clinic. Pretty amazing sight to see something that goes out in the name of the Lord to save lives. Well, we're going to talk this morning about the sacredness of life, not just the unborn child, but lives these days that are taken so indiscriminately as if they don't matter. Uh, there's a growing disregard in our world today and in our country. It's not just out there. It's all around us. We experience it. Pray we're not a part of it, but it surely surrounds us. And it reminds us that people have forgotten that life is given by God and it is a gift. It is not a given, but it is a gift. And God gives us life to celebrate, to protect. But these days, it seems like just like James says, we covet something and we don't ask God or we ask Him with wrong motives. We don't get what we want, so we kill. We don't get people to agree with our ideology or our politics or our perspective on things, and we kill. In the marketplace, with bombs attached to us, systematically wiping out whole populations of people that may not have the same religious belief. It's crazy what is going on in our world today. Would you agree with me? It's out of control. You know, some say, oh, well, it's never been, you know, any worse from the beginning of time till now. And I'd say like, oh, no, I think we've actually created and invented more ways to lie to ourselves and deceive ourselves and others about murdering and killing. I'd say it is at an all-time high. It's crazier than our world has ever been. Why do we get so nervous sending our kids to school or going to a movie theater or going to certain parts of our country, certain parts of our cities or certain parts in the world because you realize there's blatant disregard for the value and sacredness of human life and it is at an all-time high. We need to talk about that this morning because the Lord does want to reset and recalibrate our perspective on the sacredness of human life. It's time to come together as his people in this nation who claim to know the lawgiver, who claim to know the one who created us in his own image, that we would want to live his way and we would want to stand for truth. Instead of the alternative, which is to become numb, indifferent, or calloused, to retreat from the craziness of the world and what people are doing to one another, to just come in and try to protect me and my own, and my future, my bank account, my investments in my future, as if we actually can do that. That somehow we can keep the big bad world out of our family or out of it actually affecting us directly. It is, and we can't. But the Lord can. And this morning it's about saying we're not going to become numb or indifferent or calloused. We don't want the calluses to grow in our heart and become hardened toward the brokenness and fears that people live with all around us? We want to say, Lord, would you soften and re-soften my heart so I can respond? Instead of getting all bothered about a lion getting shot in a distant country, I want to get bothered over things that really, really matter when human life is taken indiscriminately. Hundreds of thousands of people are murdered and wiped off the face of the planet or we turned a blind eye to the secret of America with the amount of abortions that we don't want to do anything about. And you've seen it in the news these days, right? But we have to take a stand and we have to say this is evil in the eyes of the Lord. 
We've worshipped idols. We've worshipped our, our convenience. We've worshipped our perspective. We may have worshipped our agendas, our goals, our lifestyle, our future. Instead of worshipping God and coming under His commands and His truth. So this morning is a reset for all of us. And it's a reminder that the Lord calls us to live righteously. You know that verse in Scripture that says, Righteousness exalts a nation. Lack of righteousness sends a nation spiraling downward. I don't know what you would say about the state of our nation right now or the state of many nations around the world. Are we lifting up righteousness? Are we lifting up God and His ways? Or are we running from God, pushing God to the, you know, to the, to the edges of our life and our experience and saying, we'll do it our way? How is our way working as a country? It's not working, and it's getting worse. And it's costing many, many people lives and futures that God would want to grant them. Righteousness needs to be exalted in our life. Righteousness needs to be exalted in this church. Righteousness needs to be exalted in our community and in our state and all of our states and in our country. And if we won't, as God's people, lift up the righteous one and the one who has hope for this world, who will? Who's going to do that? That's our calling. And it's, it's kind of scary, the reality of where we've, where we've gone and where we currently are. The church, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the only hope of the world. Do you believe that? If you believe that, we need to live in accordance with that truth. We need to be a righteous people. The church, the people that follow Christ, we need to be a righteous church, and we need to help our nation turn back to God and become a righteous nation that can expect God's blessing. And this morning, we're going to look at this whole sacredness of human life. Because we have to understand it biblically. You're going to feel potentially like some of the things I'm going to say this morning are political. It has nothing to do with politics, although politics affects it. It it has to do with human life, and it has to do with our perspective of God and, and His truth. So as you listen to these verses from Scripture, God speaking to your heart and to your mind, let it sink in and then ask Him, what should my response be? So three basic truths I'm going to share with you from Scripture. And I'm not going to preach that long because I want to interview Jan Lackey, who is here from the Simi Valley CPC. Uh, She's the director there, and I want you to hear from her heart about this incredible ministry and ways that we can partner with the CPC. So that's coming. But A few truths. The first is every life is sacred because God made us in His image. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in His image, and in the image of God He created him. Male and female, He created them. God created. God created you and me and everyone, every human being that He has created from the beginning till this day as relational, personal and free beings, free to choose, free to choose to hate and kill, or free to choose to love, to sacrifice, to do something to demonstrate God's love and care for a neighbor. He created us male and female, very different and unique, but special, a great design for marriage and for family and for righteousness to be exalted in its smallest unit and in its biggest unit in this world. Psalm 139, 14, I praise you 
for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. Familiar verses just reminds us again today that God is the intricate weaver. He's the one who speaks, spoke all of creation into being. He speaks life. He creates out of these cells from a man and a woman in the womb this incredibly intricately woven, mysterious, complex human being. It's crazy that people can even study biology, let alone, you know, the, the onset of life, you know, um, microscopically in the womb of a woman and then watch it grow and watch it be birthed with all of the potential and the uniqueness of that person never to be repeated exactly the same anywhere else in the world crazy that people can look at that or the stars or this world and think there isn't a God. He is the creator, the wonderful weaver of humanity, the divine designer. Job 10, 11 says, you clothed me with skin and flesh, knit me together with bones and sinew. You have granted me life. Life is not a given as many people believe and live. They think it's their right. They don't thank God for life. They don't steward their life very well. God grants us life. It is not a given. It is a gift. God decides when our life is to start. God decides when it is to end. He's the one who determines our days, and we should not take that into our hands. Exodus 20, 13 says, you shall not murder. There's too much killing and murder going on because of convenience sake, because of differences in opinion and perspective, because of old grudges between people or between nations, or a desire to have more and not be content and go to God with our needs and our desires. It's out of control and it's dark. But what isn't dark is the fact that God is a creator, loving God, who created us in his very image to reflect him and his hope and to give life to us physically and spiritually so that we can help keep pointing people back to him. Every life is sacred. Everyone. Everyone, regardless of skin color. Everyone, regardless of economic or social background or their present situation. Every life, regardless of age. Every life, regardless of ability or intelligence. Every life is precious and sacred to God because all lives of people created in his very own image, to reflect him. Secondly, every life has purpose because we reflect God. Psalm 8 says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Some things really jump out at me when I read these verses that we are deeply cared for as we're so created mysteriously and with such complexity and uniqueness that this God doesn't just throw us down on the earth and say, good luck, hope you figure it out. He's presently involved and always has been. You may not have recognized God's existence or presence for years in your life, but he has always existed before you recognized him and he always cared for you before you realized that. 
Now that you realize it, you go, he's always in my life. He'll never leave me or forsake me. His Holy Spirit has been deposited in me. God's Spirit, God Himself lives in me. I can't ever get away from Him. I wouldn't want to ever get away from Him. He's a loving Heavenly Father, fully engaged with my life, moment by moment. Nothing is random. I've got God. He's got me. What an incredible privilege. We have purpose. We're cared for. We're crowned with glory and honor. And we're commissioned to go have dominion and steward the earth. And the most important part of the earth we're supposed to steward are people. We're supposed to be shepherds to people. We're supposed to help one another see God. We're supposed to go out and cry in a dark and hurting world that's broken and far from God about the hope of healing in Christ and that they can come back. We're supposed to be good stewards and those that direct people to God. We're supposed to take care of what God has created and given to us. And then this really great overarching purpose that we see in 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Have you discovered yet your greatest joy and fulfillment in life will be when you aim to please God? You're out having fun with buddies and you're playing golf. Your greatest thing on that golf course, now you're thinking it's a hole-in-one or a great three-wood from 250 yards onto the green, and it stays. No, your greatest thing is to celebrate the creation that you're standing on, awesome, cool grass, cool landscaping, cool trees, birds, little bunnies that run across, a squirrel, a deer, what? And in some parts of the country, an alligator, stay far away, and the crown of the creation of the people you're playing with, and have a blast. And if you get a hole in one, sweet, frosting. It's not going to happen to most of you. It hasn't happened to me yet. Okay? To the glory of God, you should play golf. To the glory of God, you should go to work and use the best of your abilities to shine and reflect Christ at work. It's not about you and your income and your future. It really is about God. He'll take care of your income and your future. But your focus should be to the glory of God today while I'm at work, to the glory of God today while I'm working from home, to the glory of God today while I'm at school. I got a teacher who looks like they're hurting. They're kind of nasty today. I could get an attitude, get the whole class against her, or maybe I need to go up afterwards and say, how you doing? How was your summer? Maybe they went through something hard. Maybe that classmate needs Instead of bullying or critiquing or judgment or gossip, they need someone to listen and love and show care. To the glory of God, you're a student. To the glory of God, you're an engineer. To the glory of God, you're part of a family. What's your role in the family? To spread the love of Christ. To the glory of God. To the glory of God, if you like to knit. What are you going to knit? I don't know. I know people knit blankets for babies. They They knit little cute hats that I'm thinking would make me sweat like crazy. But anyway, they're cool for babies. You knit to the glory of God. You play sports to the glory of God. You read to the glory of God. You're even watching TV. Can you do it to the glory of God? That's a challenge, I admit. You should be able to. Turn the channel when you need to. Don't get so consumed that you'd rather stare at a square with fake people on it than love a real person with flesh on it. Make sure you get that one right but to the glory of God. Technology, you're texting to the glory of God. Your relationships to the glory of God. You get what I'm saying, right? Whatever you do, do to the glory of God. That's going to fulfill you and that's life-giving. 
If it's about yourself, then you'll be demanding and short and critical of others because they're not meeting your needs your way. Your boss doesn't appreciate how hard you work. That person is inviting you to the party. You're not as cool as that. We could like turn it on ourselves, but if we turn it to God and then outward, we become a blessing and all the blessing we get from God gets, you know, spread out amongst all those that we love. That's living to the glory of God. God has created every person in his image to reflect him and to bring glory to him. And every life at every age can bring glory to God as long as they're drawing breath. Pretty huge, right? Thirdly, every life needs protection because it's God's way. Not because I'm saying it, not because I'm on a soapbox. This is, <laughs> this is God's soapbox. This is the Bible. This is God's way for you and I to live our life here. We should be protecting life. Proverbs 24, 11 says, Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are uh, stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, Behold, we do not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? Do you know that you've been rescued by God? Has anyone literally been rescued from death? Someone saved your life, rescued you. We had two people first service. Raise your hand. Okay, about five of you in this service. Someone saved your life physically. Jesus Christ came as the Lamb of God to save every human life, to give them hope and to forgive them so that they can have life abundant and eternal. When you know that he has rescued you, you have a testimony. Oh, but I'm not perfect yet. I don't even know the Bible that well. I've been walking with Christ for a year or two or, 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 or 16 years, but oh no, you have a commissioning on your life. You know you've been rescued. He's changed your life. If not, I would say you haven't come to Christ yet, but I invite you to today. But if you know Christ, you have a testimony, you have a calling on your life, you have a privilege to let other people know that Christ has transformed you. You literally have been rescued from destruction and death and separation from God. Called into his family, transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son. You are now to be a rescuer. Be really weird if you were out in a boat and the boat's going down and you're in a lifeboat and people are jumping off, the thing's burning up, they're all either going to die or get eaten by sharks or whatever, and you're in a lifeboat. And you barely get in, and someone hauls you into the boat, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I barely breathe. I was going down. How did you even see me there? Thanks for grabbing my arm. Yeah, and you're just, and you're in the boat, and you're just like, sweet. I'm just going to hang out because I'm glad I'm not in the water. And you look over, and you see others in the water. It really wouldn't make any sense, and it would be such a sad commentary on our heart if we don't then become a rescuer. I would hope many of us would jump back in the water to save somebody else rather than, well, I got, I, I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I might reach over, but I'm not jumping back in. We're rescued by Christ to be rescuers in this world. We've been saved by the righteous right hand of God, and we should be living for righteousness and calling people to righteousness. Proverbs 31.8 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. And Isaiah 58, cry aloud, 
Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression. The prophet was commanded by God to tell the rest of the people by God, you're transgressing my laws. You need to wake up and change. You need to get the trumpet. We need to get the trumpet and we need to blow the trumpet loud. We need to lift our voice for righteousness. And where there's lack of righteousness in ourselves, in our church, in our community, in our nation, we should live for righteousness. We shouldn't say, I don't know where the trumpet is. No idea. Besides, I don't play the trumpet. I'm a drummer. (laughs) I'm seriously... That would be like the analogy. I, I don't know how to blow it. I, I'm not going to blow it. Isn't there someone else to blow it? You have a voice. You've been given a lifestyle or a life of testimony of you being rescued. You can go out and represent life and rescuing in Christ. He wants to help you to declare to the people where we've gone off track. We need that. We can't hold back and be quiet. We must use our mouths and take a stand for justice and cry out for justice. We must defend the poor and the needy and the voiceless and the unborn. We must. We really don't have a choice on this one. This is one of those, do you really want to grow as a Christian kind of messages? Or do you want to just talk about growing and maturing? Do we really want to live the gospel that's rescued us and the truths of the the sacredness of human life, and the fact that they're purposeful lives and they should be protected. Do we want to talk about it and how nasty it is out there? Or do we want to bring the truths to our own lives and then live the difference, live justly, lift up righteousness so that our lives and our church and this community can be exalted by the Lord, so that this country can once again be exalted by the Lord. Righteousness is what exalts a nation. What are you and I doing to cry out for righteousness when we see the disadvantaged, the needy, the poor, the defenseless, the voiceless. What are we doing about it? I ask myself that same question. Today represents one thing the Lord has led me to do about it, and that's to remind all of us we have something to do. And I know he's going to keep knocking on my heart Will he and will you answer it when he knocks on your heart? For evil to triumph, all it takes, do you know the rest of this quote? Is for good men to do nothing. For evil to triumph in this world. For the killings to triumph in this world. For mass murders to triumph in this world. For the unborn to be murdered at the rate they are in this country and around this world. All it takes is for you and I, good people, Christians, maybe, hopefully you are, to do nothing. But we're not given that option. When we know Christ, we've been rescued in order to be a rescuer. Okay. Every life is sacred because God made us in his image. Every life has purpose because we reflect God. Every life needs protection because it's God's way. And we could talk theoretically, but do you know the reason I asked Jan to come today? Representing CPC in this particular horror that we can do something about is because we can do something about it. You may not know what to do with, the, with what ISIS is doing and just massacring and bringing genocide to hundreds of thousands of people or lining up Christians to behead them. You may not know what to do there and go, that's horrible. Or you may not even want to hear it because you, you don't even want to pray about it. It's like, oh, that's gross. That's like sick. It's like, yeah, but that's our world dying without Christ. 
We need to pray for those that persecute as well as those that are persecuted. But we can, in our country, in our community, literally do something about something that breaks God's heart. And that's why Jan is leading CPC, because she believes these truths, and she wants to live it with other Christians that will come alongside her and believe them with her and cry out loud. And I pray that's you today. Would you help me in welcoming Jan Lackey? Jan, super glad you're here. Uh, a lot of us don't know you very well, and I'm just meeting you this weekend, though we've had a lot of email exchanges over this last year. Super grateful for you and your leadership and your sacrifice to take CPC into this next chapter, whatever the Lord has in mind. Uh, give us a little of your history. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here today. Um, I've been with the CPC almost two years. I joined the CPC after Dave Wilkinson, the former director, left to go to Boise, Idaho to uh, start a clinic there. Um, my background, my husband and I have lived in CME for 39 years. The CPC has been a ministry near and dear to my heart for many, many reasons, um, not the least of which is the fact that abortion is part of my history when I was a teenager. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's it's a ministry that is um, just profound with offering hope and healing to women who have a past in this way. But my background is both in healthcare and ministry. I worked about 28 years in long-term care management and then eight years on staff at our church for uh, Rocky Peak as the women's ministry director. So when Dave was leaving, I just felt really this was the Lord's call on my life <clears throat> and how he would use this ministry, the next chapter uh, in my life, to help encourage women and be a support to those who um, need this ministry and its resources. Describe that a little bit. What are the resources? What kind of programs and ministry do you guys offer? Well, it began as a um, prayer and counseling ministry back 25 years ago, and then in 2005, we became a licensed medical clinic. So currently, we offer um, pregnancy testing, ultrasound treatments uh, for the um, unborn. We do pregnancy testing, counseling, uh, STD uh, testing and treatment. Um, the ultrasound, I didn't mention this past service, the ultrasound, you can see a heartbeat as early as six weeks. And the Lord uses that to touch a woman's heart who's considering abortion to show them the truth of life within. And it's, it's a profound, profound thing that t we watch the Lord do. So we've been a licensed medical clinic with the state now since 2005. And we saw the mobile unit, which is pretty awesome. I remember the old one. That's a step up. Praise the Lord. Um, but we can see it, right? When we leave, you can have it open up. Please do, yeah. yes. Um, is it the same services that the mobile unit can provide as the office or similar? We, we offer most of the same services there. We do the, the pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and counseling. Um, at the CME office, we also offer practical helps for families who are in need that we don't do in the mobile clinic. At the CME clinic, we do diapers and wipes for families who are suffering financial hardship. They can come in once a month and get free services there. Um, so that's the major difference between the, the CME clinic and the mobile clinic. And none of this stuff is free. Don't we wish it was? But how do you guys get support so you can continue? Well, all of our services are free for our clients. We accept no funding from the government or from any state agency. That would limit us on what we're able to do. We want to be able to share with women the truth of the gospel. We want to love on them as Jesus loves us. And so we pray with gals, and we give them Bibles, and we talk about their their 
the preciousness of not only their baby's life, but their life and their value in Christ. Um, so we rely 100% on the donations of individuals, churches, um, and that's what funds us. That is how we have kept going for 25 years. Wow. Now, in the last couple of years, I think some of the grants are, haven't come in as maybe at the level that they have been. So it's a, it's a crucial time for you guys to be able to keep offering the services. Yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, we had been fairly successful with some privately funded grants over the years, and about three years ago, as has happened, if any of you are uh, work in industries where you rely on grants, those a lot of that funding dried up, shut down, went away, and although we've worked hard to replace some of that, we've really had to look to the private sector again, to individuals and churches to step up the game and come alongside of us. And at the same time, we're seeing more clients than ever, so it's wow. it's the growth in our ministry as well. So that's like us stepping up. Um, you mentioned to me before that right now it's really a donor-based thing. It's, it's more individuals or churches just strengthening your donor base, kind of monthly giving that you know you can count on and build a budget on. Um, still the most important need, right? Just kind of individuals like us supporting you on a monthly basis. That's our greatest need right now is to grow in that monthly donor base. Okay. Uh, what other ways? I know that's a key one. I know you mentioned prayer and there's volunteer stuff. Tell us about that. Yeah, a couple of things that are just vital to our ministry. Um, the first is our volunteers. There's only six part-time employees besides myself on staff at the CPC. And we run the CME clinic 20 hours a week and we run our mobile clinic currently three days a week. But with our new vehicle, we hope to be out there five days a week very shortly. Yeah. We rely on lots of volunteers. We have about 50 volunteers currently who serve on a regular faithful basis, but we need more. Uh, with the new mobile, we're going to need more drivers, we're going to need more nurses, uh, registered nurses who can be certified in limited obstetrical ultrasound, and so there is a need for volunteers, definitely. Um, and then secondly, prayer. We need you to be praying for us day in and day out. It's a tough time in our ministry, and it's going to get tougher. If you've seen any of the Planned Parenthood videos that are out there recently, this is something that's on people's hearts and minds, but the attack is there on us as a ministry, and we mm -hmm. covet your prayers for our protection for this ministry, for the staff, for the volunteers. Uh, we also have a vital prayer ministry where we uh, text out to a group of people who have agreed to be prayer partners every time we have a vulnerable woman come into our clinic who is considering abortion, and we'll send a text out immediately, pray, we have someone vulnerable in the clinic, we need prayer now for, for wow. a client. And so we, we rely on heavily uh, your intercession in that way. Wow. So you're going to be outside and they can sign up to be part of this prayer team or the financial team or to volunteer, find out more about that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, just this last week, we met as an elder team and decided um, to give CPC a gift of $2,500. And uh, we understand that you've just kind of built out the, the office space in this last year, and that kind of drained some of the budget. And this is a way of us kind of getting behind you in a further way. So as you guys have uh, given of your resources as God has blessed you and you've given to the church. It's coming out of our budget that we're going to bless them and get further behind them. Beyond that, you know, pray as the Lord is stirring your heart right now that you would respond prayerfully, maybe financially on a monthly basis, whatever you could afford, I'm sure it would be a blessing. Uh, and then if you're interested, she's like, I could drive the clinic, I could drive the mobile unit, or I can do ultrasound, or I could help in the office, or I want to get on that prayer list. I want to pray... Can you imagine? You get a text. You're at work. You're at home. You get a text. A vulnerable woman just came into the clinic. Pray. What are you going to do? 
you're going to drop to your knees right then, you're going to pray that they would choose life. And you had a part in that, right? That's huge. We can do that. Every one of us can do that. And then as the Lord leads, you know, whatever it is. So uh, we're behind you guys, and we want to be more and more uh, as partners. We've partnered with you guys for I don't know how many years, but since we've started here as a church, so 10 years, and I'm just super glad that the Lord has brought Jan, you know, her leadership and the way she kind of shares the vision with the staff. And it's just kind of cool how the Lord brought this all about this last week. Very interesting. And uh, we can all do something. So we're going to pray for uh, your ministry and what God would have. But even before we do that, I know there are a lot of women that are sitting here. If I have my statistics right, one out of four women in America, including Christians, so total population of women in America, one out of four have had an abortion in their lifetime. Is that right? That's correct. Half of the, half of the pregnancies in our country are unintended pregnancies. Three out of ten of those unintended pregnancies end in abortion. Um, can you share with us a little bit those that may have had that as part of their past? How does the Lord bring healing and hope? And even husbands or boyfriends, so this is not just a female woman thing, it's, it's men as well. Those are staggering statistics and they affect so many of us. A group of, of individuals like are in this room right now, there are many of you that this is part of your history or past or someone you love. And one of the things CPC does, we have a post-abortion counseling and education class that we offer. It's an eight-week Bible study, and it's just an opportunity to come in, meet with other women who have been through this, and <coughs> excuse me, to be shepherded through and understand the hope and healing that is in Christ, to understand that there is forgiveness, to, to be able to let go of that burden that you've been carrying around your entire life. And whether that abortion was last month, last year, or 40 years ago, there is hope and healing to be found in Christ, and we just want to love on these women and share that with them, share through our own personal experiences. Um, Heather is uh, launching that ministry here at Cornerstone this fall, and we're going to be offering, she's going to be offering a group uh, here for that same purpose. So if this is something that you're still hurting from, or you know someone who is hurting from, we just encourage you to contact myself, contact Heather, and connect with other women to um, learn about the forgiveness that is in Christ uh, as a result, and um, experience the freedom that can only be found in him. Yeah. One thing that hit me this week, and I really need to do more research and more prayer about it, I think this could be one of the key issues that's keep, that, are key, that is keeping men and women from God, is the guilt of that in their past. They don't think it can be forgiven. They don't think they have any right to ask God to wipe their heart and their mind clean. They don't think they're worthy. Well, you're not worthy. None of us are worthy. But God offers forgiveness and cleansing and freedom from that guilt and from that burden like you just shared. So this is not just a woman thing. Guys, some of the stuff I've been reading this week, guys start feeling guilty because they, they had sex before marriage or they encouraged their girlfriend or even their wife to get an abortion. They carry the guilt. Guys are carrying the guilt and then as a result feel like they can't come close to God. I think it's being used by the enemy to keep people out of the kingdom and to keep people in the kingdom that have been forgiven by Christ just held back. And that can change today. And I want it to change for every one of you that is relating to what we're sharing and there's hope and there's complete healing and grace and then an opportunity to be advocates, to lift up righteousness in and through our lives in this ministry 
and to get alongside you guys that are doing it so well and to see lives and families and communities changed. And wouldn't it be great if we were known, and this isn't a political thing, this is just, I want to be on God's side on this. I want to be on the biblical side on this. I want to do the truthful side of this and live for righteousness to you. Then we should be unashamedly pro-life. We should be protecting life anywhere it's taken, in any context, for any reason, on the inside of the womb, on the outside of the womb. Amen? That's biblical. Will we live courageously like that? We need to pray, and we're going to pray right now that God would give us that kind of courage. And we're going to pray that what Jan is doing through CPC this next season is going to blow her mind, her board, you know, um, Mark McElroy, uh, where is he, is on their board, and, and we're so grateful for you guys and being members of this church and just your heart. And uh, you guys are going to give us updates, and you're going to help keep us stirred up over this because we need to be. And God wants us to be because we can make a difference. And uh, you'll be outside as well, right? Or you'll be over here praying and then outside. But anyway, you can find Mark. Stand up just so people know who you are. Mark McElroy, okay? And, uh, and talk to Jan. She'll be out there. And we're going to have a prayer uh, that the Lord would stir us up for his purposes, okay? Father in heaven, we're so grateful for Jan and her leadership. We're grateful, Lord, that she took a step of courage and st- She stepped out, and she cried out, and she's still crying out, Lord, and I thank you that we can join her and join the cause of righteousness for those that can't speak and cry out for themselves. Lord, for the things going on in our world that we know are appalling and an abomination to you, we want to stand for life and for righteousness. We do want to defend the needy and the poor and the disadvantaged and the marginalized and the unborn. Please, Lord, give us courage and grace to know how to do that. May we become prayerful. May we become sacrificial. Lord, may we become great teammates and partners together in the stand for righteousness in our world and the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your forgiveness. And thank you, Lord, that you've stirred us up now to take action that you will empower us to take. All for your glory, Lord, all that we would have you exalt and honor us that we would further exalt and honor you and now lord through this time use our offering as you've been generous to us lord may we be generous to you and these kind of partnerships that this church supports father may we move forward in our generosity even today father as we worship you i pray it would be healing for our heart and pleasing to you